Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. And let's welcome Pastor Ross as he comes to share right now. Thanks very much, Peter. Wow. It's so good to belong to a church family. It so, so is. And just a couple of family things we need to do before we preach. Jill Rasmussen has been a school teacher in town for several years and, and uh, today's her last Sunday before she heads back to Brisbane. Jill, do you want to come on down? We want to pray blessing on you. She's been serving in various schools and been in one, one of our life groups and feels it's time to move back to Brisbane. We're going to really miss you, Jill. And we really love you. And just some of the team come and join with us as we just pray blessing on you. Thanks for being a faithful member of this church and for being a blessing to so many people. You've, you've sown into hundreds of kids' lives. We're going to pray that there'll be a harvest in all of those kids' lives. Let's reach out your hand towards. Father, we thank you for Jill. Thank you for a faithful service as a teacher. Lord, for years just touching the kids of this region and this community. Father, I just thank you for your encouragement over her. Lord, as she feels it's time to move back to Brisbane and reconnect with friends and family down there, I just pray, Holy Spirit, go before her. Lord, just lead her, protect, provide everything she needs. Plant her in a great church family there that she can flourish again. Open up new work opportunities for her. And I pray for every child she has taught the years that she's been here. Lord, she would hear stories of them growing and flourishing. Lord, of growing in you. Lord, I just thank you for your blessing. And today, we release her with your blessing. We pray your favor will go with her and before her and around her in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless you, Jill. You're a treasure. You really are. God bless. Let's give her a hand today. God bless you. And before we take our seats, we also need to pray for a a family in our church. We don't see them a lot. Dr. Apex and DeWooter work a lot of times in uh, Western Australia, but they've been a part of our church family for years. And their son, Boomer, tragically was killed on the Gold Coast on um, Wednesday night, Thursday. And uh, they're still finding out details. There's a police investigation and everything, but he was killed in some sort of accident. And so there's a funeral on Friday afternoon down on the Gold Coast and we'll be going. And some of the family friends went down yesterday to see them and we've been in phone contact with them. We just need to pray for God's comfort and grace to be with this family. And as we had Don McDonald here last year and eight years ago, he had to bury his own son. He said it's never right for a parent to bury one of their children. But God's grace comes in the middle of these things that we don't, our mind can't understand. Let's pray for God's comfort and grace. Father... We pray for Dr. Apex and DeWooda and, and their other three sons and the family and daughter. Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, for your comfort. Lord, be with EBA and, and George and all the family connections. And Lord, we just pray for your peace and comfort, your love, your strength will carry them through this time of pain and tragedy and grief. Lord, surround them. Lord, may they be so aware of your presence. And Lord, the truth and justice will be done. And we just pray, Lord, for uh, Lord, all those involved there in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for your grace and thank you for the family of God that we can be carriers of your comfort and love in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for your incredible presence, for your family of God. I pray for your word now that will just touch our hearts, Father. Lord, minister your grace and strength into all of our lives. We pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Let's take our seats. Don't forget 24-7 prayers starts tomorrow as well. And many of you have got your prayer list electronically or there's a copy down the back there for you. Well, how awesome was it to have Don McDonnell with us last, last uh, week? And uh, who came to one or more of the meetings? Most of you managed to get to those if you weren't here. Don's an evangelist from New Zealand. And uh, it had been three years since we had him. We had over 20 people respond to Jesus throughout the youth events and young adults and throughout uh, the various meetings. And many people were healed and touched and set free. Do you know the overflow happened this morning? We had five first-time decisions in our first service this morning, plus other requests. Six, was there? Yeah, the five first times and two recommitments in our first service this morning as God just drew people in. And I just think that's the fruit of an evangelist because he stirred our hearts to live out for Jesus. It's not what just happens when he's here because God raises up people. And, and Don's f- contagious, audacious faith just gets me every time. It just stirs me up and his stories just think, wow. And if God can do it through you, he can do it through us. Also, his passion for people to be saved and healed is just just grabs your soul and, and lifts you to reach out and invite and connect with people. And his incredible love for people. And we took him out for meals and I watch just the way he connects with the waiters and waitresses and the way he talks to the people at the hotel lobby. And there's just a contagious connection with people's hearts. Now we can't all be like Don, but he is an evangelist and a gift to the body and so he comes to equip us. And the Bible says... In Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, he handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor teacher to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. And so Don's an evangelist. He's gifted in that capacity. And so he comes. And that's why I invite evangelists and other gift ministries and um, gifted teachers and prophetic people, because they come and help build us in maturity in Christ. God's put upon our lives a pastoring and teaching gift. Sometimes we function in those um, prophetic and apostolic um, and evangelistic realms, but there are particular gifts that God puts on and they leave a deposit. And that just so encouraged today to see so many new people in church and today. Maybe you're here in the, the service today because someone's invited you or God stirred your heart to come. There's an overflow happening in our hearts and our lives. And with such in, incredibly exciting meaning, I thought, what are you preach to follow after that? And I thought, well, we could go for it. And the Holy Spirit said, talk about and teach the people how to strengthen our welcome and invitation culture. Wow. And when I got that in my heart, I thought, okay, what do we do with that? So here we go. We're developing and strengthening a culture of invitation and welcome in everything we do here at Bayside and in our lives. And many new people are coming to our church services and to our various ministries and events. And we desire that they feel accepted, loved, and have opportunity to connect with the Lord and with His body, the church. And... uh, I believe God wants us to keep just reaching out, inviting people and then helping them to feel welcome in the process. And I just think God in His grace draws people. And uh, 
There was a, a mother and a daughter responded to Jesus in the first service today and their other daughter was really touched as well. And the daughter came along to the youth group a couple of weeks ago, was really touched and the family haven't really been going to church for years. They live at Burham Heads. They came in today and responded to Jesus and it was just so great to see their lives. And it was a connection through the youth group that the daughter came and now they want to both of them want to come and get connected. So God opens doors. We have great, um, we have transformations, people. And in the second service, you don't see them, but we've got 37 men and women in that program now. And so they come and often their families come to visit and check out what change is happening in their sons or daughters or brothers or sisters. And so often that's the first time many of those families have been in church ever or first time they've ever been in a church like ours, where everyone's passionate and praising and worshipping, and they're looking around, I watch their faces, and they're just amazed that we love Jesus and express that in the way we do. And when we have graduations, or when we have water baptisms, or baby dedications, and other events, and special events, more and more people are coming. And I just think that is so awesome. So we want to strengthen the invitation culture, but also our welcome culture. So when they come, they feel so loved, accepted, connected with in all sorts of ways. Matthew eleven nineteen says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus connected with little kids and babies, families, old people, with fishermen and farmers and business people, tax collectors, sinners, whoever, Jesus, just touched people's hearts. And he's our example. And I believe God's teaching us to be more and more like Christ so that we can connect with people. May they feel welcome and and loved and accepted and become a friend. Our church is friendly, but as we grow, we need to keep enlarging our hearts to include more people in our church family. And uh, Marilyn and I, we have a heart to just embrace and connect with new people and our team and our leaders and we have frontline team do an amazing job and we've started welcome team and Marilyn will talk about that in a moment. But as a body, when people come into our world, we need to really just connect with them. Occasionally, I hear stories of someone's come to our church and they felt like no one connected with them. Sometimes they'll say, even talk to them. I know that's not true because they got greeted on the door. So that's a greeting and a hello. But what they're really saying is they didn't feel like anyone touched their heart or spent two or three minutes before or after the service and and got interested in their world. That's what they're really saying. Because some people come in with hurts and barriers and rejection and fears and shame and guilt. And the first time or two they come, they're just quite overwhelmed. And it takes some friendship, love, being interested in them as a person doesn't have to be a great counseling session or answering all their biblical questions most people don't come with that they're just looking for acceptance understanding and a family and a friendship to belong to and so with all these new people that you're inviting and bringing and God is sending through all sorts of different ways plus we got 2,000 new people a year moving to Harvey Bay So every week, every week, 
you only got to look around and see all the hundreds of houses getting built. Approximately 2,000 people a year are moving into Harvey Bay. So every week there's new people I meet that have checked us out online or looking for a new church home. And so they're coming all the time. So they, we need to make sure we connect with them, love them. Just say hi. Those first two or three minutes after a service, I want to encourage you, don't go and talk to your friends straight away. Find someone you don't know or don't know very well and just say hi, introduce yourself and, and just welcome and connect and offer to go and have a couple with them if it's a morning service or just build some relationship or invo- in, introduce them to someone else, their similar age bracket or they might be looking for a, a youth group or a life group. Just that connection point can be the difference of whether they come back or whether they feel loved and accepted and keep opening their heart to the next season of God on their journey. I've learned if all of us do that, we only got to open our heart a little bit wider and include one or two more people. And it might just be an initial connection for a week or two. And then they'll get involved in a life group or connected with someone else. But if all of us do that, it's amazing how people feel loved and accepted. And guess what? God will keep sending more to us. It's like when a baby comes into a household. Tim and Lydia are expecting a baby in a few months' time. Some of you can remember if you've had children. First baby's coming, you get the room ready and you organize all this stuff and your heart expands. Then sometimes you have a second or a third or a fourth. I remember talking to a, a lady years ago that had seven kids. And, I, and someone asked her, a, a young mum that had one said, how on earth do you have enough love to go around? And this mum with seven kids said, well, your heart just gets a little bit larger and you just have the love just multiplies and it reaches everyone. And that's a little bit like a growing church family. We all just open our hearts a little bit more, make a bit more space, connect with someone else, and all of a sudden there's an overflow and many more people can feel invited, connected, and loved into the family of God, into the life of God, just finding a new season or a new place in their life and their journey. So God, I just want to encourage us to continue open. Jesus is our example. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. When I used to read that as a young person, I thought, mate, Jesus gave his life for us. If we all gave our lives to one another, no one would be alive. What are you trying to say, Lord? He said, when you love people, you are willing to die a little bit to your priority at that moment or to your need being met, or someone having to hear your story because you die to that and reach out to hear someone else's story. You may be tired, and you just reach out in grace and love, and all of a sudden energy starts to flow in your soul. So you die to a little bit of your personal preference or style or way, and God's love then flows and embraces other people. And we'll see in Increasing transformation in our church and city. John 13, 34 says, Let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. I did a a wedding yesterday and uh, have done lots of weddings. And it's an amazing story. This family, um, one one of the... uncles got saved here the first year we were here 
And now over the years, I've done, I think, three weddings, two funerals and a couple of baby dedications, this whole extended family, and none of them come to our church. But I'm their pastor for about 70 people spread across this nation. As soon as any event happens, the phone rings and I'm their pastor. Okay, another wedding. It's awesome. Hardly any of them are Christians, but I'm their pastor. I have the most amazing discussions every time I'm involved with their family their journey, the older grandmother did respond to Jesus here years ago. And we've had two of the aunties that have responded to Jesus and live down in Victoria and uh, a son. And so it's been a whole journey of grace. But as at the wedding, I share and I say, if you want me to do it, it's going to be a Christian wedding. We're going to pray. We're going to read the Bible. and We're going to pray blessing. They said, that's fine. So that's how it works. And so they just accept that's how it works. So it's a great joy. To be involved. But I was sharing at the wedding yesterday about it's no good having love in your heart if you don't express it. So some of you read the Five Love Languages book where love can be expressed with quality time, by words of affirmation or encouragement, by gifts, by acts of service, by physical touch. And that's what we do when we connect with new friends. We just make space. We open our heart. Sometimes we put down our own prejudices or our own issues and embrace others. And I believe that as we do that, God's going to just keep opening the doors of our heart. And in the process, we get transformed. Today, we're doing tag teams. So it's Mary Lynn's turn to come and share the next day. So give her a welcome as she comes and shares with us. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Like Ross said, we have incredible people on our frontline teams that do an excellent job at welcoming you every Sunday. And, and not only that, you know, help direct people across to our kids' church and our facilities. And, and this, is, this is a really important point of contact when people are arriving and to help find a seat. And, they, and as well as serving in all sorts of ways before and after the service. And we're going to increase that and, um, and to step that up a bit more. Um, we're introducing a welcome team. And this will be made up of, of you, <laughs> all of you, that um, people that, that are willing to go on a roster. And we've got little little um, yellow, bright yellow badge and that simply says the welcome team. And, and their, their job is to just to focus on meeting people, whether they're new people or people haven't been for a long time, spotting um, those around them as they are they're seated and then introduce them to someone um, of similar age or interest, whether it be for a life group, for, for youth or children's facilities um, and seniors and young at hearts, age appropriate. But do you know... We can't just leave it all up to the teens. <laughs> we can't leave it all up to the professionals, you know. There, it, this is a body ministry. And if we all embrace a culture of welcome, it will go a long way to actually building and strengthening the church, like the scripture says. Ross read from Ephesians um, 4, and I'm reading further on in, in 16. It says, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, it grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And in the message, it goes on to say, we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath 
and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we, we all grow up in a health and healthy in, in God, robust in love. And I love that, robust, that word. It just, it just sounds like you've got stamina, you've got strength, you've got keeping power. And that's what we are as a local church. We are, we, we are growing into those things. Peter made a comment earlier, and he said that God works through our efforts. And this is so true. We need to be intentional about our welcome. We need to make an effort, just like a farmer sows and in order to reap. It's the same. It's the same with us. If we come with this intention that I am going to engage, I'm going to connect, I'm going to talk, I'm going to um, go the next step. We, we have great friendly welcome, but what we, we want to build a culture of welcome, we, we've all got to take the next step. And that next step is to engage in conversation, is to talk to someone else that we don't know. It's, it's easy to be friendly with our friends that, and stay within a comfort zone and we haven't seen each other for five minutes and so we've got to talk. You know, but, you know, we need to just take that extra step and, and include someone else in your conversation. You know, this, this scripture that I read is it's a beautiful picture of a healthy, growing, vibrant church. And that's the, a lot of these aspects are here at Bayside already. And, and I don't want to be the best kept secret in Harvey Bay. <laughs> you know, this church is 76 years old and we have a lot to offer our community. There are people out there that, that are alone, that are wondering, that are struggling with life issues, with illness, with grief and loss. And they don't know that there's a God that loves them, that cares about them. And there's a church family that, where they can be, be part of and build that strength of connection and, and a sense of belonging. You know, we are all very different. Some of us are extroverts and some of us are introverts. Some people are open and spontaneous and others of us need time to warm up to a change and to new ideas. But we've all got the basic same needs regardless of, of, of personality or background. We need to belong and be accepted. We need to be known and loved. And this is part of what we're the body of Christ. And this is what we're building here is a home for the harvest. It's a, it's a spiritual home where people can feel that connection and that sense of belonging. And like I said earlier, how, how, do, we, how do we do our part? You know, the Bible says that we need to do our part as each, each ligament does its, does its work. I believe that, like I said, we need to be intentional. We need to come looking for someone to say hello to. Go beyond the, the smile and the good morning. Ask them, have I met you before? Are you from this area or are you visiting? Engage in conversation and ask questions. Keep the, the, the conversation others-centered, not about ourselves. <laughs> you know, like we're going out beyond ourselves because this is our comfort zone. And so we're reaching out to those that perhaps haven't been for a long time or, or maybe new altogether. So we're observant, and especially before and after services, as Ross said. And we come 
for the purpose of of we're intentional so that when we come to church that they these people will connect they connect with the body they connect with Christ we connect through our worship we encounter God and and as a church family they this is a wonderful wonderful experience it calls fellowship koinonia is it's hard to put into words but you can certainly feel it and when it's alive and functioning and active in a church you know it's there and this is what we have and it's worth sharing and it's worth making sure that people feel that connection that they can through Christ enter into the family of God not only for the benefit of this life but for the life to come as I said, we, we need to be intentional but not intense. Please don't be intense. We don't want to knock people over with our greetings and our welcome and smother them with our, our in, in, uh, effort to make them feel included. There are differences in cultures and, and uh, there's a difference. I, I went to uh, Melbourne recently and I walked into a little boutique shop and, and uh, I hadn't long... You know, I'm taking a couple of steps inside the door and the sales assistant just pounced on me and followed me around and, and was, was like really, really, um, you know, intense on getting me to buy something. And, and I just really felt uncomfortable. I just thought, look, can I just look? Can I just look? And, you know, I just, I just know that um, there are, you know, different ways of greeting and, and being um, intentional about doing, doing this, like... Um, I was saying earlier, Ross is from a, a cattle property up on the Darling Downs and there are hundreds of acres between properties and it used to be a dairy farm <clears throat> but is now a cattle property and his brother still runs it. And I used to watch the guys um, come to the veranda and they they take they, they say that you can tell... Um, how big a property the person owns or they come off by the personal space that they require. And I'd watch these guys every time get on the veranda and they go, come over, get out, I do And then they'd take steps, go back, and stand way apart like this and stand there and have a yarn. And, and it used to make me laugh, you know. And, uh, and this was so true because they're used to a lot of personal space. And when we went to Europe, we, we noticed it was the exact opposite. They were like, like this, you know, in our, in our faces. And we were jammed up into, into buildings and, and buses and trains. And, and, you know, there's different cultures. That's, that's how they, they communicate. And I would be taking a step back and they would take a step forward. And I'd, go, and I'd end up backing into, into a corner because we're just not, you know, Aussies like our space, in other words. We like our space so we're intentional in, in including people in our conversation. Introduce them to your friends. Ask them, do you want to join us for lunch afterwards? The young adults are really good at this. They, they extend the invitation. Come and have some lunch with us. And, uh, and that's uh, being intentional without being intense. You know what I mean. We, uh, we are his hands and his feet. We literally... Ah, the body of Christ, and and God needs us to take those steps to walk across the room to to be intentional about bringing someone, and like um, the friends that brought their their paralyzed friend to Jesus, they literally carried the stretcher, and where it was necessary, they ripped off the roof to get 
to get their friend to Jesus. And that's, that's our got to be our intention. And you, there are rewards. There are many rewards to this kind of lifestyle. You make new friends. You will meet all sorts of people in the supermarkets, around in the shopping centre, wherever you go, in the doctor's surgery, if you are intentional about interested in people and interested in not just, you know, getting them to church, but interested in them as people, you will make friends. And then you will also develop skills, people skills. You'll become mature and a well-balanced personality. The art of communication, listening, good listening, like um, my grandmother used to say about us, her grandchildren, you've lost the fine art of conversation, she used to say. You know, and I, used to, I think now, what would she think of, of, of us now when everybody's on their phone? Everybody's got a phone in their face. You know, there's not, there's not much conversation going on. There's, you know, people have lost the art of communicating face-to-face. And this is as a church body... We can do this better. We can refine and, uh, and develop these, these, um, these skills, these people's skills. And you'll have the joy of seeing people one into the kingdom of God. And like Ross, you know, we're seeing, we started with, with um, AJ. AJ came. And now we've got 70 of his relatives that are connected to this church. And from time to time, they come. You know, it's, you just never know who you're witnessing to, who you're bringing. And, and that one person, I was saying earlier, all my life, all my adult life, I have prayed for and been waiting for, believing for revival to come across the body. And I do believe that God sovereignly moves. I know that there's a gathering anointing where people will gather spontaneously and that he will bless that and there will be momentum where there are miracles of healings and there are, there's momentum built and people do come. But by and large, my experience has been that the body of Christ has grown one life at a time, one family at a time. By personal invitation, friendship evangelism has been the most effective tool that I've seen used where a life has been transformed and that life has brought, that person has brought their mother and that person has brought this, their son and that one's come and this one's come and before you know it you've got momentum, you've got a family and then God's blessing comes on that and there's a miracle. If we do our part he will bring them, he will send them. If we have our net, if we have our net strong that's what this welcome culture's about. <laughs> that you know that the people are on our turf, they're here, and they're in our on our property. That if we are intentional about including them, and bringing them to Christ, and giving giving them every make it easy for them to connect into the life of this family, then the Holy Spirit will do His work. He will save them. He will heal them. He will transform them, as we do our part in doing that. And so we pray. And we embrace this vision. Ross and I, from time to time, we share the vision that's on our heart. Have I told you about the home for the harvest? (laughs) I mean, you know, it's there. It's happening and it is going to be built. It is going to be built. And sooner rather than later. And I know you're behind it. I know. And thank you for your faith. Thank you for your love and support. 
But we, we have, when carry this message of hope within us, we carry this and we need to connect it in order to see the transformation take place. Connect it to the people around us. Be observant. Look, we all sit in the same seat every week. Have a look around you. Who's sitting near you that's different? And start there. <laughs> We're creatures of habit. And then the transformation happens when we partner together to reach out to people around us. And God will add to us daily those who would be saved and transformed. And together, God works with our effort. We welcome. We're we're intentional. We connect so that people will encounter God and we evangelize so that this world will know that he's Lord. Amen. Amen. Russ's turn. We're nearly finished. Well done. Well done. Wow, God is good. Just want to look at one uh, key scripture in Acts 28, a story that speaks about this in the Bible. And uh, next Sunday is our Home for the Harvest offering. I encourage you to take your pledge form and pray over it. And because we want to see, we're not building this just to have a building. We want to make raw room for hundreds of more people to come and be transformed and saved and, and healed and trained and equipped <clears throat> because we have a free service on Sunday because we can't all fit in here. And so we want to build a Home for the Harvest. We had our first um, project planning team meeting this week and we're reviewing our plans and we're starting the process. I want to start building sometime next year. But we need to raise a pile of money. We need to join together, see God's hand of provision. And we're going for it. And uh, together we're going to see his hand extended. Acts 28 verse 1. Paul writes, Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Remember, Paul was on his way to Rome. They had a shipwreck. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood. As he put on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hang from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the God as justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake up into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expect him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen, they changed their minds and said he was a God. One minute's a murderer, next minute's a God. Well, people can change real quick, eh? <laughs> One minute you're a saint, next minute you're a, a terrible sinner. The story goes on. Um, there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home, here's the welcome culture again, and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands in him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honoured us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. What an amazing story. First, they welcomed these strangers, these refugees. There's a great story in here, and how do you treat strangers and refugees? They welcomed them. They were generous. It said they showed unusual. These were people they'd never met. There were soldiers. There was prisoners. There were probably traders and everything. 276 of them arrive on their little island. They had no obligation to help them, but they did. They welcomed them. It says they welcomed them. They showed unusual kindness. They honored us. Then the uh, chief guy welcomed him. His father got healed. Then everyone else on the island got healed. Wow, when you're welcome and open your hearts and your home and your lives, 
God can't resist that. He says, I'm going to come and bless and heal and restore and transform and break through. What an amazing, amazing story. And I believe as a church, the more we open our hearts, our, our homes, our minds, our welcome culture, our invitation, God can't resist. He'll keep sending more and more people. He'll keep drawing them. He'll lead you to them in your marketplace, in your, in your homes, in our neighborhoods. And let, guess what? God will keep bringing. But sometimes it means we have to put aside our religious things. We have to put aside our comfort zone and just take one step. One step, as Mary Lynn was sharing, just welcome the people who are sitting in front or behind. Taking that step. You say, well, I'm, I'm not real good at meeting new people. I used to be terribly shy. I used to run and hide when anyone came to visit us on the farm. Now I'm a, more an extrovert. I think, what happened? God touched my heart. And set me free from the fear of people. And so I'm freer. But we do it together. We all do our little bit. Just welcome, inviting someone to have a couple with us after the service. And uh, if you feel to, and have some lunch or connect. God draws us. Colossians 3, life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Wow. If we've got love flowing through us, it's the bridge that connects the truth to people's hearts. If people come in here often carrying a weight of sin or shame or fear, Oh, wow, I watch some of the new people come in, some of the transformations people, some of their families come to visit. They're not into this God stuff, but they think, wow, I watch their eyes, they're like this, and they're just looking around, and they're watching us. It's okay, just love God and then connect with them. Just make them feel welcome. Because sometimes we forget what it felt like the first time you came into a service like this. You know, some of us have been raised in it. Many of you haven't. Marilyn was brought up in a Catholic church. The first time she came into a Pentecostal service like this on the Sunshine Coast, she said, wow, look at all this. Didn't understand it, but knew God was there. And he took her three weeks and she gave her heart to Jesus. Didn't understand the supernatural, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, um, everyone clapping and worshipping and dancing, hands raised, but knew that God was in the house. Sometimes it's just that bridge of connection. It's the love of God bringing that life to them, clothed in love. In other words, when they get close to us, love flows out and we connect with them. It goes on and says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense and sing. Sing your hearts out to God. That's what you guys do every Sunday. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Wow. Love, acceptance, forgiveness. I thank God for this church family. I was watching, even before I preached this, I was watching in the first service, and we probably had... 
15 or 20 new people here in the first service. It's like an overflow of the weekend and everyone's been out inviting people and we had five first-time decisions and people just connecting with Jesus. And maybe you're here today because someone's shared Jesus with you or you've been watching someone else's life getting changed saying, well, what's this all about? God loves you and welcomes you. And I believe as we have open hearts and we have just sensible ways of connecting and building bridges, some people come in carrying incredible loads of guilt and shame and strongholds of pain and grief over their heart. Others are just a bit cautious. Just let God's love reach out and touch one another's hearts. Intentional with our welcomes, including people in our world. And I believe as we do this more and more, God will just keep drawing and sending more and more people. And the rewards are amazing. You feel a joy and a love. You have the privilege of leading people to Christ or being part of their journey. Romans 15 says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Wow. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. And that's the beauty of belonging to the family of God. Let's bow our heads right now. I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, I welcome you today into my household. Maybe you're feeling a little bit disconnected or rejected or uncertain where you fit. Maybe you've been a Christian for years, but you're just wrestling with stuff that's consuming your mind or heart. Life happens. Sometimes life life is just plain hard work because we live in a broken world with a very active enemy. But God's kingdom is a very safe, loving place. And I just thank God for the open hearts that are here. Maybe today you're feeling the Lord drawing you. Maybe you've never, ever opened your heart to Jesus. Or it's like it's time to reconnect or come into a fresh place, a safe place of His love and forgiveness. Maybe you've been a believer for years. You're saying, I'm not quite sure where I fit. I'd love to help serve God. I've just given us a ministry that we can all do, welcoming one another, inviting one another. That's a ministry we all can do. Right now, as our heads are bowed, maybe you can feel the Holy Spirit welcoming you and saying, it's time to open your heart. You can hear him knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus or it's time to come back. Maybe you've been through a journey of disappointment, but it's time to come back. Right now, I invite you, if God's calling you, drawing you, and you've never responded to Jesus or you need to make a recommitment to Christ, I invite you to just lift your hand where you are and say, please pray for me, Pastor Ross. I want to get connected to this amazing Jesus or this incredible family of God. Who's that today, right now? Say, that's me. Just lift it up on high and say, that's me. You can feel your heart beating fast. I want to get connected or reconnected. God's drawing you. Who's that today? I feel God's love just drawing your heart right now. He loves you. His grace is just pouring over your life. Who's that today? God's calling you right now. There's some people here, and you've been, used to be in church years ago, but you got wounded and hurt and disappointed. Stuff happened, but it's like you're cautiously saying this, I need to find this amazing Jesus again. Who's that today? 
God's calling you. He loves you so much. Let's all stand in His presence. I feel His incredible love here today. I want you to take a moment to reflect on just this, the simplicity but the power of this message. Some of you have been reaching out to family, neighbors, and friends, and it's like the Holy Spirit's just reminding you, hey, this is, a, this is a God calling. This is not just an optional action. This is a God calling you. I want you to open our hearts. Maybe you've thought, I've just been so busy and I just haven't had time. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to show ways just to open our heart and connect with more and more people across our community, within our church. Let's sing this beautiful song just for a moment. And just let the Holy Spirit touch your heart. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.